Hello, this is DebtWire Managing Editor, Andrew Ragsley. Welcome to the latest edition of our DebtWired podcast. This episode features two retail-focused managing directors from Alvarez and Marsal. We have John Goulding, who's a managing director in the firm's North American Commercial Restructuring Team based out of LA. We also have David Ritter, who's a managing director with the Consumer and Retail Group in Houston. On the podcast, Deputy Editor Reshmi Basu engages both John and David in a discussion over many things trending in retail, such as the current state of the sector and the evolution of Omnichannel, retailers going public, the lack of restructuring activity, and pressure points in the supply chain, along with inflation in the tight labor market. David and John, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having us. Are you surprised by the lack of restructurings in the retail space, given that for several years, this industry was the hotbed of distressed activity? Not really. The names that have been on everyone's watch list were either restructured or able to raise incremental capital to provide them more runway. At this point, our watch list of retail names is much smaller than it's been over the last several years. That said, I think retail is a very dynamic space, and I expect that we'll see additional names come onto our list in the year ahead. How has the environment for the industry evolved given COVID and omni-channel changes? COVID has advanced the adoption of omni-channel by many years. We're seeing an increasingly importance placed on operating as a true omni-channel retailer. We're seeing curbside and BOPUS become table stakes, and retailers are even looking to optimize those operations to further reduce wait times and improve order accuracy. Customer expectations are changing as well around last mile delivery. They've actually changed quite dramatically and have gone from the days of kind of two-day expectations on delivery uh, as the norm to much more instant gratification. We're seeing 15-minute delivery options pop up in many markets. The real question there will be, how do retailers build a profitable model in the face of these changing customer demands? And we are now seeing retailers attempt to go public. What is driving that? And is there appetite for this? Well, I think the first thing driving increased IPOs is just a hot market in terms of valuations. Many of these companies, especially the DTC retail companies, are getting strong valuations often on operating models that are struggling to achieve profitability. I think the second thing that we're seeing is that many DTC companies are fundamentally rethinking their channel strategies. With an increasing digital cost of customer acquisition and changing customer preferences, we're seeing DTC companies build out physical retail footprints and in some cases build out wholesale sales forces, both of which require meaningful capital, which the IPO market provides. And I'd also say, Reshmi, the if you look at the SPAC market and the capital that's been raised there, and again, the valuations that we've seen, particularly in the digitally native or DTC companies, it's an interesting and good opportunity for folks to take advantage of that marketplace with the capital that needs to be deployed in a short window. So I think we're seeing some of that drive to go public. But some companies are now pointing to supply chain issues. So how is this impacting the bottom line or gross margins for retail companies? I think across the board, most retailers are experiencing some form of supply chain disruption. And it manifests itself in several ways. I think the first thing we're seeing is issues with in-stock positions, especially with the most in-demand products for the season. We believe that this could eventually have meaningful impact on sales uh, and top line. I think the second thing is given potential product shortages, we expect to see much less promotional activity, which should result in a short-term improvement in margins. And finally, the last thing is we do expect 
with supply chain disruptions in Q4, for Q1 to have a, a glut of inventory come in, missing the holiday window, which will set retailers up to have heavy inventory positions in Q1 and potentially have to do heavy markdowns this spring, which could put further pressure on gross margins. And then we have the inflation issue. How are companies changing their strategy to address inflation? I think retailers are seeing inflation across the board, whether that's cost of goods, logistics, wage rates in stores. Most of my retail clients are aggressively monitoring the trends and passing it on to the consumer where possible. You see Dollar Tree hiking prices to $1.25 is a clear example of this. I think there'll also be a wave of further automation in retail across the full value chain. So we're already seeing acceleration of technological innovation like cashierless checkout and automated micro-fulfillment centers begin to automate some core tasks in retail to address the cost of inflation. So do you think another distress cycle is coming given supply chain issues, inflationary pressure, a tight labor market? Forecasting when the next distress cycle is going to happen is always very difficult. I do think there are pressures like the ones that you mentioned around supply chain, inflation, and wage pressure that will put pressure on operating performance of retailers. There's also always some subset of retailers whose products, frankly, just don't resonate with consumers. We would expect some retailers to have challenges beginning next year as their operating performance falls short of expectations. Given the runway that most retailers have, we're not expecting to see a large number of restructurings in the year ahead, but we would expect to see those facing significant operational challenges. We saw a flood of primary activity in 2021, and many retailers took advantage of the capital markets. There was very little distress in the space. Is the industry priced to perfection? I would say yes. I think the capital markets have been chasing yield and that just about any retailer that wanted to or needed to raise capital did. From the forecasts and business plans that I've seen, most of the discussion is around business returning right back to where they left off and seeing growth from there. That won't be true for all retailers. So we would expect some of those to have uh, challenges in the, in the years ahead. So how do you evaluate the financial performance for a retailer given COVID? Do you comp the latest earnings to 2019 or do a hybrid? How do you create a business plan when these are unprecedented times? Yeah, I think yes on comping against 2019. I think rather than just looking at comps though when creating a business plan and forecasting, it's really more about looking at what makes sense on product being brought in, anticipated pricing, looking at supply and demand, and really figuring out what you're going to be able to do in this environment given supply chain constraints and what you expect customers to be able to come in to buy. So I think it's a little bit more nuanced than just looking at standard comp forecasting. Um, it is very difficult to assess what any of these new variants might do to the business as well. I think financial planning and retail has fundamentally changed with so much uncertainty. An agile approach is going to be required where you're effectively reforecasting in near real time. What is your view on the brick and mortar business model and can mall operators survive? Maybe a death of brick and mortar is overblown, but I do think we are overstored. There are malls that need to close as consumer behavior changes. That said, as, as David mentioned about curbside pickup and buy online pickup in store and those changes and, and really the delivery of the last mile and instant gratification, I think what we're seeing is an acceleration to an omnichannel world and we're seeing stores be converted into mini distribution centers and a lot of those changes that will mean physical presence. And I think you've seen a lot of the digitally native brands as well looking to pick up um, you know, individual stores within malls and other centers. And th that all drives what I think is the, the sort of new omni-channel world. So given the current COVID environment, how are landlords positioning themselves? 
I think the landlords are trying to stay flexible, be competitive and help drive the omni-channel changes that we're talking about. And I think they're trying to do this while trying to maintain their rent structure as well. And I think that works in great centers. And I think it's more challenging for those in the centers that are not nearly as strong. So I think we'll continue to see a separation from the strong mall to the weaker malls. And we are seeing landlords uh, form pretty innovative partnerships with technology firms to try to bridge that omni-channel gap uh, and provide it as a service to their tenants, where it's a value-added landlord as opposed to just a, a rent collector in the past. So do you expect to pick up and restructuring activity in 2022 for retail, given all of the confluence of negatives? And you know, are, what are these potential triggers then? Yeah, I don't think we expect to see a material increase in formal restructurings in the year ahead. What I do think we expect to see is continued change in the industry, continued dynamic, you know, the dynamic nature of the industry, which is going to cause more performance improvement, more fundamental shift around omnichannel and other challenges for individual retailers. But I don't expect to see a large number of defaults in 2022. And can I just ask why is that? given that in the first part of 2021, we saw so many chapter 11s? Well, I think you had a lot of pent up issues in the 2021 timeframe where you had a significant number of companies that had been on people's watch list for a significant number of years and finally capitulated given you know COVID or other issues. And I think where we are now is that everybody's kicked the can far enough along where there isn't gonna be a near-term trigger there's very few covenants left in, in loan documents these days. You're really waiting for somebody to have a liquidity problem. And most of that liquidity problem has been solved at this point for you know at least the next 12 to 18 months. It doesn't mean that we won't see the one-off companies who don't perform well or don't hit their business plans need some form of help. But I think the likelihood of seeing a large restructuring wave inside of retail in 2022 is pretty low. I do expect there to be another wave in the future. I just don't think we're there yet. And a question to both of you. What are the three words that described 2021? I think there were a lot of things happening all at once this year between COVID, omni-channel, work from home, supply chain challenges, inflation, et cetera. So I would say dynamic, tumultuous, and interesting. Yeah, I'd probably follow suit and say something along the lines of evolving, frustrating, and unexpected. That's all the time that we have. Thank you so much for uh, giving us uh, insight into the retail space. Of course. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. And one note, you can download and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Wistia platform.